Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who is passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. Alrighty, let's jump in here. Luke 13, 6 through 9 says, And Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, Let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Now Jesus had just finished clearing up in the last section that we studied that karma isn't a thing, right? But that those who don't repent will perish. This continues that thought train with this parable. The man and the vine dresser are both representative of God. Now, this may seem a little odd at first, but we got to remember that the Godhead is three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. So a conversation between them is actually normal. And we see this throughout the Bible from the very beginning in Genesis, when God said, let us make man in our own image, uh, or also in places like Isaiah, when God said, who will go for us? Whom shall we send? So in this parable, the man came seeking fruit from the fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. Now, in our lives, God does all the work of salvation for us. And then in addition to that justification that he provides through Jesus and the work that he did on the cross, he also does a lifelong work of sanctification in us in which he expects fruit to be produced. So the natural question would be, what fruit is he seeking? Well, there are verses that give us insight into that, such as, uh, Galatians five twenty two through 23 which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Notice this, though. The fruit of the Spirit is singularly love. Our English translators didn't get that grammar wrong when they translated it to the fruit of the Spirit is is, right? That's a singular form. Because in the Greek, it is indeed a singular verb. Otherwise, it should have been translated, the fruits of the Spirit are, right? But it is a singular verb. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. And yes, there are other attributes that are manifest in that fruit of the Spirit, which are the things that are listed afterwards in that verse. But the fruit that those attributes are produced from is the singular fruit of love. Now remember, 
1 John 4.8 tells us that God is love. Therefore, a true believer who has God, the Holy Spirit, dwelling inside of them will produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Uh, Another form of fruit is found in good works. Ephesians 2, uh, 8-10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So while our works have nothing to do with us receiving salvation, because that is just a gift of God, it is, however, evidence of our salvation in which we were created in Christ Jesus for. Our fruit is the evidence that our root is firmly grounded in Christ Jesus, and God seeks out our fruit. This also tells us that God is patient. Because when the man says, look, for three years now, I have come seeking fruit on this tree and I find none. We can see the vast patience that he has. He doesn't wait a week, you know, after we've made an acknowledgement of accepting Jesus and then expect juicy fruit to have just popped up instantly. God gives us time for his spirit to work in our hearts and to do the necessary heart work of cutting away the things of our old self and the nurturing that new creation that we are in him. Now, we can often get impatient with ourselves and with others as we watch life unfold, but God is patient for a reason. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 4 and 9, give us insight into this when it says, Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. It's because of God's will of not wanting anyone to perish, but that all would repent and turn to be reconciled with him, that he's patient. God is just, and the day of judgment will come eventually, but he is also patient which is an attribute that we see listed as part of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. So really, it is God's great love for us that yields His patience toward us. Now, notice the response of the vine dresser here, where he says, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. God doesn't just seek out fruit from us, but he's willing and active in helping us grow in order for us to produce fruit. And any good gardener will tell you that manure is an excellent way to help plants grow. And in all reality, though, 
manure is poop, right? And being surrounded by it can stink really bad sometimes. Now, God may put someone in a season of digging around them and adding a manure treatment for their good. But the reality of living in a season surrounded by that proverbial crap is hard. But much like James tells us in James 1, 3-4, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The reality is, the fruit that can be produced from a tree that has gone through a season of manure treatment can be so very fruitful. God has good in mind, even when by the world's standards, it just stinks. Now, his patience doesn't mean that judgment isn't coming, because it is. And this parable ends with the vine dresser saying that if the care and nurturing and patience doesn't yield the fruit, that the tree's going to be cut down. This is the final judgment. Either we have the good soil in our hearts that is yielding a fruit-producing tree, of which we've accepted Jesus as our Savior and we've submitted to Him in obedience as our Lord, or we don't. And if we don't, the coming judgment will cut us off with one fell swoop. Now, this may seem like a harsh reality, but in light of the patience that God demonstrates, in light of the ever so many opportunities that He gives for those salvation seeds that are sown to reap that fruit of righteousness and love, it is the just consequence. So this is a call to inspect our own fruit production. Is God reaping fruit from the tree of our life? Are we tuned in to the Spirit, letting the steadfastness that the testing of our faith is producing to have its full effect in our lives? Or do we push back against God's attempts to grow us? And yes, we do want to avoid the coming judgment, but there's also the aspect that we have God, that owner and vine dresser of the vineyard that we're planted in, who loves us. He tends to us and looks after our growth, and He's seeking fruit from us. We want that love that He's sown into our hearts to produce an abundant outflow of fruit in our lives because He's worthy of it. I'm going to leave you with this one question to consider in your own life, something to really think on. And that question is, is God reaping the fruit that he is seeking in your life? blogs, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com. And that is Crystal with a K.